Welcome in to another episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. Travis, we got football coming up, man. It's it's on us. It's about 48 hours out. Episode 4, Losing Sucks. Excited for today's episode. Part 2 of the Wide Receiver Trios. When you guys hear this tomorrow morning, or whenever you listen to it, we'll be even closer. Tomorrow when we wake up, we can say... We have football tomorrow night, and that is an awesome feeling. We've been waiting for this all offseason. We're here. Oh, it's like Christmas, man. It's this like is our Christmas. last episode before we're watching real live football. Yeah, it's 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 football for sure. There are definitely going to be players. They are <laughs> going to be they are going to be doing football. I Let's can't. hope that nobody in that game gets hurt. That's the number one concern with the way things have been going with Akers and Thomas and Wentz. Well, you said it. You we said have it. to avoid that. You said at, it. Uh, at so all now costs. it's going to happen. No, knocking it. on wood. You, you, knock on wood. Pick that spoken. up, microphone. Oh, you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Superstitions abound. It, it's. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so now. In reality, every, though, that is the number one concern. For sure. It, along with the excitement, is please nobody get hurt. Yeah, and also I can't. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm super excited to watch football because I wait for this every year. You know, it's it's just like Christmas. You know, are you gonna are you gonna open up a present? You know, it's my favorite time of year. Each week, you're gonna open up a present. It's either something you love and are excited to get, or you open up the present, you get punched in the face, and it couldn't be better. It's it's seriously something I look forward to every year. Well, we're we're getting closer to Christmas, so yeah. Yeah, At least for are. us fantasy football diehard addicts, uh, we call draft day Christmas. We call there's many Christmases. Kick week one Christmas. This is a mini Christmas, if you will. Yeah, um, I'm excited for the draft parties. with the first preseason game. Yeah, we're we're close to that too. It's one of the best nights of the year. Yep, every year we drive into Houston. We all get together for our home league, um, and we all we all you meet up at a restaurant we get a we get a draft board if you if you're doing a live draft if you are in a league with friends or family please 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 do yourselves a favor and have a live draft talk with you know in person with these people or at least if you're not going to do that because you know the the world's a scary place right now covid and all that if you're not going to do that do a zoom call cuz honestly it's the it's it's a feel good feeling when you get to snipe someone and see their reaction like that one person who's just like I I am going to draft Cooper Cup in the fifth round and no one sees it coming and then you just you take him you snag him and then you you look on their face and then their their day is ruined that was this was the one thing keeping their life together and now it's all gone. <laughs> do you feel bad when you do that? When I when I win well, at fantasy football. When you take somebody's player that they love so much and you know they're hoping they get and one or two picks before. You do it, and you immediately look up with a little grin, a little side smirk. Does that bring you joy, or does it pain you to do it, even though you know it's the right thing to do? Kind of like disciplining a child. Like you don't want to tell them they did a bad job or they did right. something wrong, I'm but not, you need to do it. It's like for I'm your for your you. own team. I'm <laughs> I'm just disappointed, and a hundred percent yes. I love that feeling. I love being. I love being You're sick. I love I love giving that feeling to people. I love I love the the hope leaving their eyes. This is getting kind of dark, <laughs> but you're sick. But I also we have to move on from this. To, this yeah. is going to so go we'll too far. So we'll move on. 
Uh, we're talking wide receiver trios here. This is wide receiver trios numero dos. We put out edition one the, earlier this week. Please go give it a listen. We broke down the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Miami Dolphins, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some of those teams were a little bit more gross than others, but hey, we got the job done. We are here in the second edition. We're breaking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are also breaking down Super the Super Bowl Cowboys. champs. Yep, we are breaking down the Hard Knocks champs, uh, Dallas Cowboys. It's something. Please let that fan base have something. And we are also breaking down, you know, that third team, the Cincinnati Bengals. And there's just speaking about these teams right off the bat, there is so much firepower that I'm I'm very excited to finally dig into because there are some important questions at the top of the draft, starting with a guy named Mike Evans who receives the ball from a guy who apparently has a deal with the devil in Tom Brady. Mike Evans has only been a, a, a super consistent wide receiver in terms of wide receiver finishes for like his entire career. Like I, I was looking, he only has two seasons of less than eight touchdowns in his entire career. Like how crazy is that? He is one of the greatest fantasy wide receivers of our generation. I said it on That's Twitter not, earlier today, yeah. and it, it hurt me to write it because it just feels bad. Right. Typing the name Mike Evans doesn't excite me. But when you look at the numbers over the last six seasons, six plus, but specifically over the last six, the he's inside the top 24 no matter what. He's been inside the top 12 four times. He's a freak show in fantasy. He gets it done year in and year out. But for whatever reason... He doesn't make people go crazy like some other names, but maybe he should. I think because you had that narrative last year, you know, right around the time that when Antonio Brown was coming off his uh, suspension, that Mike Evans was losing his role, and you weren't sure who was going to be affected by Antonio Brown coming in. You just knew that someone was losing their role, and oh my gosh, Mike Evans was only getting two targets in the, you know back-to-back games. He's definitely out of Tom Brady's favor. You know, I think at that point, Tom Brady was like, hey, we got to get Mike the ball. Antonio Brown comes in, and you know what happens? You know what happened, Travis? Mike Evans was just fine. Um, yep. He was still producing. And he will be. Yeah, absolutely. The, the guy is just super consistent. You know, he had 19 red zone targets last year, which is kind of his t- calling card. He's their go-to end zone threat. You know, no one on the team had anything close to, I think. Even with Gronk there. Yeah, with, with Gronk there. Like a B, you can't well, not throw big Mike Evans the ball. No, you ju- he's, in, in the red zone. He's so much bigger and stronger than everyone else. Like a B had yeah. six red zone targets. Chris Godwin had nine. You know, even though Chris Godwin is going in that same draft area, you know, I'm not worried about Mike Evans so much in terms like I don't think just because Chris Godwin is on the team, you know, or Antonio Brown is on the team that he's not going to succeed. If anything, it makes me feel better about him because. Those guys being on the team opens up opportunities that wouldn't be there for him otherwise. You can't double Mike Evans. You can't double Antonio Brown. You can't double Chris Godwin. You have to be honest in your defense. And these are all guys that can take advantage of a defense. So yeah, I I like him, but you know what I'm not gonna do, Mike. Or you know what I'm not gonna do, Travis. I'm probably not drafting Mike Evans. Yeah, and when you look at the group around him. Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, those two guys we'll talk about here in a minute. Allen Robinson, 
a lot of times it's still there at the end of the second start or end of the third start of the fourth if you're lucky that group I'm fine with anybody in that group so because of that we kind of have to say we have to we have to figure out uh what is it between the lines that is going to help make that decision because you're going to have to make that call and what you're going to say I think is going to be the difference maker um between a Godwin Evans and the other guys in that group well I mean I'll tell you what makes me feel better about not taking Mike Evans is a guy like Antonio Brown you know I know that just looking at production when all of them were on the field last year and the offense was clicking is that Antonio Brown produced he's not on the field as much as Chris Godwin and and Mike Evans that is that is 100% true but when he is on the field and they're throwing the ball, they're typically throwing it to Antonio Brown. He has a higher hog rate than those guys. They want to get him the ball, and they're they're careful with him. So, yeah, sign me up. And he's going like five, six rounds later than these guys. Yeah. So, yeah, if, I, if you're telling me that I can get a C.D. Lamb, I can get an Allen Robinson, I can get an Amari Cooper, plus a guy that could produce just as much, you know, just as well as Chris Godwin, then sure, sign me up. I, I'm not going to say no to that. There is wide receiver value to be found. Even if you reach up around early and take an Antonio Brown, you're getting value. It's a safe and pick. It's a pretty safe pick. It is a safe pick. Like Mike Evans, again, nothing against Mike Evans. If you're going to go and you're drafting him at his ADP, you know, beginning of the fourth round, if you get him later in the fourth round and you feel like, oh, he's falling, should I take him? Yes, take him. Yeah, he's you're going to be happy with what he gives you. He's still going to produce for you. But and you'll be happy game, with Godwin, too. For sure. But game theory tells you that if you can get the same production and wait later in your drafts, uh, sure. Because you know what Mike Evans can't do? He can't catch a touchdown on the same play as Antonio Brown. But you know who can catch a touchdown at the same time is Allen Robinson, CeeDee Lamb, yep. Amari Cooper. They can. You can pair those guys with you know, with one of these, these Bucks receivers and still feel good. So... No, if you if you're drafting them and you feel pigeonholed or because you feel like you know it doesn't feel good to take Mike Evans, rest assured he's still gonna have monster weeks. Be okay with it. Yeah, if you've got one of those guys in that group, just just to summarize, if you've got um, Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, Allen Robinson, if those guys are there, right, then we're advising to pass on those top two bucks options because of Antonio Brown later. If those guys are gone and you're looking at two bucks, you're good with either one. You're going to get production from both. Sure. It's not the end of the world. You'll still be happy with them. Absolutely. And uh, just another caveat, the the entire Bucks team is coming back. Like, you don't get that kind of continuity ever. And it Yeah, it, they're going to be even better. It only serves – yeah, no, literally nothing has changed. Like, you can you can kind of make the case that, you know, Allen Robinson comes comes back, or that's not really a great case, but some other wide receiver comes back, and nothing has changed. You know, they're still going to see a high target volume. Literally nothing has changed for this team. This is a team that's going to produce and produce very well. Like, they won the Super Bowl. They're not going to just fall off. Literally nothing has changed. So I'm excited about yeah, that team. It wasn't a fluke. It was not you a fluke. You know, what has changed, though, is the entire offensive situation, it feels like, coming into the Dallas Cowboys season. Because... One, um, obviously everyone is at least two rounds better than their ADP because hard knocks. Oh, yeah. Um, it's real. Yes. It is. It is. Uh, these guys, 
It's going to affect <sighs> ADPs drastically over the next three I know. weeks. And CeeDee Lamb is just – he's my darling right now. The if guy, you have I'm, drafted already him, and you got CD, Congratulations. Where, yeah, if you got him at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, that's going to be – Congratulations, you win. Something that's yeah, not you, going to happen over the next few order, weeks. Order your trophy right now. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Congratulations, you won. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, man. Like, CD Lamb is going to make – some ridiculous plays and they're they're going to make them on hard knocks you're going to have some assistant coach who's going to be like i have i have never seen a, co- a, a wide receiver like cd lamb in my entire 48 years of coaching and you're gonna have everyone be like oh my god he, he has never <laughs> seen a wide receiver like this in his 48 years of coaching and then they're going to show like they're going to have the the voice uh for hard knocks and cd lamb's going to be making this one you know slow motion one-handed catch and then Everyone's gonna be like, I have to draft him. I have to draft him right now. And then they're gonna be drafting him. You know, you're gonna have these guys that are gonna draft him above guys like Calvin Ridley. Or you could see him go before Keenan Allen, which to me would yeah. be crazy. But for you, it's gold. It's going to happen. It's, it's going, going to, to happen. happen. He should not be drafted above. When those you guys. get when you see those slow mo catches you're talking about that are gonna come after the tick 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 of the sprinkler on HBO. Yep. And the 4.30 arrival of Dak Prescott in the morning. After right. you see those two things, you're going to see C.D. Lamb. Yep. And shortly after that is going to be C.D. at the start of the third round, which is when you're going to usually see Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson. Sure. He's going to push at least one of those guys in your draft back to the middle towards the end of the third round, if, especially if guys in your draft are thinking, I need a David Montgomery, a right. Swift, a Miles Sanders in that third Someone's round. Going to fall. There could be two of those receivers at the end sure. of the third. You, well, because you've got another Cowboys receiver here to talk about. It won't be CD though. No, you've got Cooper here that if he he very well could stick in the fourth round, and that's still such a value because yeah, look, the, the offense is still going to throw so many passes. They were number one in the NFL in in passes throw last year and they had Andy freaking Dalton like less in this case less is more because even if they don't repeat as the number one passing offense in the NFL you still have Dak throwing the ball you've still got CD Lamb who's going to improve like as a slot receiver this guy was still averaging nine yards a target like the efficiency of this receiver, he was just as efficient and just as productive as Amari Cooper last year. And it's going to break my heart when he rises into like the third round and the second round. Um, because so you're not willing to take him. Cause that's what something that we've done um, on all of these wide receiver trio conversations so far is look at their ADP. Are you okay with it? Why not? Why? So if CD does go from the, end of the third, start of the fourth, towards the start of the third, end of the second, are you willing to do that over a Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley? I wouldn't take him over Calvin Ridley. I I wouldn't necessarily. Don't you dare. Don't you dare say you would take him over Keenan Allen. I wouldn't take him over Keenan Allen. Okay, thank you. I wouldn't take him over Calvin Ridley, for sure. They're probably going to finish right next to each other. Probably, now that we've said that. (laughs) But CeeDee Lamb... Like last We've year, learned was, to not disrespect Keenan Allen. Yeah. Well, that, that's Lamb, what he that finished is. as the wide receiver 20 last year, which is bonkers to me as a rookie. Amari Cooper, 
though, not a slouch either. I mean, last year Amari Cooper was the wide receiver 16, but what I'm telling you is that Amari Cooper did what he did, finished four spots below Amari Cooper, and had 90 less targets than Cooper. Like, So Cooper, over the last three years, has gone wide receiver 16, 9, and 18. So he's a safe back-end wide receiver 1, high-end wide receiver 2 a lot of the time. Do you think the rise of CD pushes Cooper towards the middle to back-end of wide receiver 2, or does he hang on to that wide receiver 15, 16 range? No, I think he'll still, especially with that offense, I still think Amari Cooper will finish high-end wide receiver 2, low-end wide receiver 1. This is an offense that I think can produce two wide receiver ones, you know, given the right set of circumstances. Right. Um, Yep. So what does that leave then for a guy like Michael Gallup? If we're good with CD and Amari Cooper and the third or start of fourth. It leaves a a hell of a seat to watch this offense play. Um, He is going to get the best view of anyone (laughs) um, to watch On the bench. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to – honestly, he's going to be telling the hard knocks guys what to write about. Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. He's no, no. You have to tell him like this guy's really good. And they're like, Michael, aren't you a really good receiver? He's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. But these he guys, he is. He's these guys. The dude is talented. Michael Gallup is so good, but unfortunately, he's on a team where, again, this is not a an instance where there's too many mouths to feed. This is there have been mouths to feed, and he hasn't been fed. Like, yeah, they. He was on the field, believe it or not, more than Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. He was on the field ninety one percent of the time. But they only targeted him targeted him on ten percent of their passing plays. Like on plays where they were passing the ball, his hog rate is only ten percent. That's abysmal. Which tells yeah. me that when they are throwing the ball, they're throwing to literally anyone else. And yeah, he's just a decoy out there. Exactly, and he's not. Getting I don't see targets. that change. I do not see that changing. No, I really unfortunately, don't. he's gonna take the top off and then leave the entire field open. Right. He's an upside and, play. And uh, I hate I hate to draft someone with the hope of injury, but you almost need you need something to happen for him to have upside, because in that offense, given its present state, he's he's a wide receiver three who you believe has absolutely no shot at ever being a wide receiver one, even for a week, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 a real shame because you know two years ago he saw eleven hundred yards on a, on a hundred plus targets, yeah, he's, he's a wide receiver twenty two. Yeah, he's had two straight years of 100 plus targets. So he sees the targets again. They're just not, they're not valuable targets. They're not down the field. He's not taking these. Like he'll have, you know, maybe what? A, sure, they're just trying to keep the to defense deep honest. targets for him this year. He's not going to hit on all of them. You know, he might hit on yep. a few, a handful, and he could. You know, like I said, I still think that any wide receiver on, on any given day can give you a wide receiver one week, given the right circumstances. You can have a guy like John Ross catch three touchdowns and, and you know win you a week. So Michael Gallup can win you a week, but he's never going to be in your starting lineup. Michael Gallup will not finish inside of the top 12 a single week this year. No, oh, it will not see, happen. Mm, that's, a, that's just a... I will do something absolutely disgusting if Michael Gallup finishes I, one week I as a wide receiver one. It's not going to happen. That. You think it will happen one time? It has already happened. Last season, he had Andy freaking Dalton throwing the, the ball. I think he had three weeks, 
and everything was out of whack. Anything could have happened last year. I, finished, I am not seeing it. I have to give you these numbers because week 16, he finished as the wide receiver four. He finished as the wide receiver 10 against Baltimore in week 13 last year. And then he finished as the wide receiver seven against Seattle. Oh, you are doing it's something not nasty. You've already said it for the people. I'm not going to let you get out of it. I'm going to put it on Twitter right after we release this show. We need like, to put three or four options out there or I'm just let, let people, people vote on come it. up with it. Maybe we'll yeah, hear I, yeah, some very creative, uh, gross things. Three suggestions and then an other. And be, I just want you to know that when you have to do this absolutely despicable task, again, this is barring any injury, but if you – Yes, that you is a caveat. Do, if if CeeDee Lamb or Cooper get hurt, even if it's just for that week, it does not sure. count. It has to sure. be when they're both healthy and playing. The, I'm going to light up your phone the minute he catches like a 45-yard touchdown – just a bunch finishes, of eyeballs, emojis. Finishes, <laughs> finishes the game as like the wide receiver twelve. And yeah, my mood's gonna flip real quick. I'll tell my wife, get out I'm, of the roof. <laughs> oh, it'll be. I'm going to go to the darkest, dirtiest <laughs> part of Twitter, and I'm gonna ask them, like, what should this guy do? He's already promised. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in. On I can't that. lick this many cats. I can't do it. Oh my God! No, it no, it's not gonna happen. I'm confident it's not gonna happen. I, I'm glad you're confident because you're gonna need it. Okay, <laughs> so the guys that are going around Michael Gallup, who will never finish inside of the top twelve for one single week. Some of these guys could. I think that Mooney is a guy that is going right around Gallup, same ADP. Okay, I would much rather have Mooney. He's the number two on his team. Gallup I, is the three. There I, are going to be weeks where Mooney yeah. could finish inside that top 12 or 15. Get out of here. I think that Mooney has the chance to yes, do that. When I'm you're a two. Saying, I'm not saying that he can't, but I, I can't. I, I'm a Bears fan, and I can't put the Bears offense on the same level as – you know, you just. You are you telling me that to me, Mooney Travis? will not finish <laughs> inside the top 12 one time? No, I'm not telling okay. you. I'm not telling you that because I, I, I believe in Mooney. He's awesome, in, too. His ass is wide open all the time. He's really good. He's really good, but we we talked about a guy. We just talked about a guy who who has the capability of having eleven hundred yard season, and you don't think he can manage? He a won't wide be given the opportunity week, to. I'm Mooney will, in my opinion, Mooney is going to be a clear two on that team. Do you, do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? Like, do you understand? Who's what been saying? the more Pro Bowls, Andy Dalton or Dak Prescott? Do you really want to look this up? I'd love for like, you to look it up because I know I the I, answer. And one of them you know is throwing the ball to Mooney. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. not making I'm Andy not. Dalton, Dak I'm Prescott. I'm not, but I did go to TCU. I've got a little right horn frog connection. I actually had classes with Andy Dalton, and I will stick by him until he's out of the league. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm taking Mooney over Gallup. Let's talk about another guy that's going in that okay. ADP, Travis. Antonio Brown. For now. I, for in, now. He will in not. our show sheet, you have for now in parentheses. He's not going to continue no. going there. We definitely agree that he's going to be rising up in that end of the eighth, uh, eighth, seventh round. I still think that he that's right around where Antonio belongs. But Michael Pittman is another wide receiver along with Devontae Parker, no thanks. You, Give me Gallup over those guys, especially not with uh, not with Carson Wentz and unfortunately the man bear pig Quentin Nelson himself being out. It it just it breaks my heart. And Devonte Parker's a good through. player too, but Gallup is a younger, faster Devonte Parker on a more high powered offense. Hot, hot take, 
hot take. I like that. Honestly, that's not even far off. Uh, I, I still think Michael Gallup is a much better receiver than Devontae Parker. Again, not given the opportunity. He's going at an ADP where I'm not going to touch him. Yeah. You know, I would take upside somewhere else. Again, if you are reaching for an upside, if Michael Gallup does fall to you and you're just you're just playing, I mean, granted, he's going in almost the 10th round. Again, I think that's too early. I think he need him to fall more. If he falls to like the 12th round, I'm willing to, to, to take a flyer on him because at that point you are just taking flyers. Um, because if something does happen, it is football. He has wide receiver to, you know, upside each and every week. So, yeah, I would say Michael Gallup, if he falls in a couple rounds past his ADP right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch him. Okay, so um, – Let's get into the hardest, I think, of the three, which is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm really excited to watch this offense. I will find myself watching more Bengals games this year than last year and maybe the year before by a lot. Um, I'm late to the party on T. Higgins. You have let me know that. You are absolutely correct on that. I have no problem admitting it. I was sleeping on T. Higgins He's because I didn't have him last year anywhere, but I should have, and I should get him this year. I've been getting him in so many drafts. He goes in the sixth round, believe it or not. Like, I, I think the last been... three or four mocks I've done with you, yeah. I see you draft T. Higgins, and I'm thinking, what the hell is that? And then now I'm like... Wow, that's a great pick there. He's he's You're someone that, great value. He's someone that he's going at an ADP where he he is a potential value because this is a team that also was number eleven in passing attempts last year. And again, suboptimal quarterback play. You're going to see an increase. And typically, you know, when you're in that that forty passes per game range, you don't see that much of a fall off. Uh, team wise, you're not gonna go from you know thirty nine down to like you know, 31 or, you know, 29, typically, you're typically seeing in, you know, in a three-year period that, that fluctuate, you know, from a, like, one or two pass um, increment. So I still expect them to pass the ball, you know, in the 40-time a game range. And T. Higgins is someone, T. Higgins is someone I'm absolutely okay taking at his ADP. You know, he's going, uh, he's going, like I said, around the 66th pick. And his teammate, Jamar Chase, Someone who the dynasty community obviously is super high on, you know, obviously being the first receiver off the board this year, and justifiably so. The guy is super talented. Um, he gets all this generational wide receiver speak, and you know, people remember him for being on Joe Burrow's team and the national ta- championship team. This is a guy going into this year who is expected to take over that AJ Green role. And I think he could. I think with the targets that are going to him, the question is, Travis. A.J. Green was over 100 targets. For sure. For sure. And which tells you that Jamar Chase has a solid workload to walk into. His I don't, floor. I think I think Chase's floor is 100 targets. Yeah, I, I, w- I would say that's safe. I yeah. mean, you, you had you had a few rookies last year. You know, I know Chase Claypool had above 100 targets. T. Higgins had above 100 targets last year. Um, you, it's not uncommon for now for wide receivers in the rookie season to see a hundred targets. I think seeing Jamar chase though, at this ADP, give me the guy that has already done it in T Higgins. I'd feel better with him at this ADP Yeah, because you're, like I said, he was a rookie last year and did it, but I don't want to fall into the, the Justin Jefferson, 
rookie wide receiver, you know, death trap of saying like, well, Jamar Chase is going to, you know, blow up because, you know, I, we were just looking at some wide receivers during their rookie it's year. It's such a risky mindset. Who I mean, you're walking to a yeah. roulette table and putting all your chips on one number saying, right. Jamar Chase is going to be Justin Jefferson. You would, the you numbers the, are so yeah. far against you. So you brought up a list of wide receivers who during their rookie season did not did not have the rookie season that people expected them to have, but who are stars now. And it just blew my mind at the names. Like Those were, yeah, so Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. Des Bryant, yeah, Demarius Luke. Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. These are guys that dominated in college, had high, high expectations coming right. into their rookie year. And for whatever reason, whether it's quarterback play or right. grasping the playbook or they've got another sure. guy on their team that's been there for a year or two, um, we've seen many more disappointing as far as not meeting their, their ADP um, seasons out of rookie receivers than we have guys that have exceeded their ADP. The numbers are just, they're very strongly on the side of go with a guy who's a second or third year receiver. If you're just as confident in their workload and their physical ability, why not take a T Higgins? Sure or a Chase Claypool, who are coming off of an awesome rookie year, we're mm-hmm. expecting to at least repeat. Right. Um, we're going to get what we think is a little bit better, Ben Roethlisberger, um, and a healthy Joe Burrow. Both of those guys, I think, yeah, Burrow's going to throw to Chase too, but again, Higgins has been there. He's established himself as a a big time weapon on that yeah, offense. He's made it through an NFL uh, season. He's already proven. He how do you feel? How do you feel about Chase versus Brandon Ayuk? That's one that I kind of raised my eyebrows because even just today, the hype on Ayuk is going up, up, up. Sure. I had him last year. He was really good in PPR leagues. Yeah, for I, a long uh, for really six or good. seven games in a row. Ayuk is really good. I don't think he's going to see the volume that Chase is going to see. I don't think that I, I Ayuk saw a lot of production when Kittle and Debo were out. That's a great point. Yep. What worries me, and again, I think Trey Lance has all the the tools in the world, but that's going to be a rookie quarterback, or it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I I'm a Jimmy G fan. I don't think he holds on to that job most likely all year. I don't think you spend the third pick in the draft and not start the guy at some point. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope so. Um, but a rookie quarterback comes in, and I don't think he's going to be supporting uh, many wide receiver ones. So a lot of stuff is up in the air in terms of Brandon Ayuk. With Jamar Chase, though, I feel like walking into the volume with the talent he has, with the rapport that he could have with his quarterback, he has more safety in his in his game just by you know volume and offense and the things I just mentioned. I, I feel more comfortable with Jamar Chase than I do with Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think I need okay. to see more. You know... And so, I think I would probably err on the Ayuk side. Sure. I mean, someone who I'm never... Just for that... Just yeah. for the rookie reason. Yeah. It, I, it's just a philosophy thing. I'm going to be wrong in situations all the time, like Justin Jefferson, but sure. percentages-wise... And I'm not an all-analytics guy. I'm a big eye test guy as well. Yeah. But Ayuk passes the eye test, too. It's That's not something that I'm like, no. oh, that was kind of a fluke. He's no, he's explosive. a freak. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, yeah. he's a very good receiver. And... He's Man. just starting to really get it too. It seems like I just at their ADP like who the question I ask myself is do I think T Higgins or 
Jamar Chase are more likely to get off to a slow start, and I think it's Jamar Chase. T. Higgins will have values from, yeah. from week one. He's going to he'll, he'll be, ready, he'll be to ready. Jamar Chase might not. He hasn't played football in over a year. so um, He's going to have huge weeks. I just think he's going to be more inconsistent, and I like to have the consistent absolutely. guys when he's I can. He's a rookie, and he should be. Someone who – So what about Tyler oh, Boyd? Man, this guy – I know he's good at football. Like, we both know he's good. But in terms of fantasy-wise, are you okay drafting a guy? Like, at you know, he's going at what? the At pick 90, so that's at the end, like the middle of the eighth round. Uh, like Honestly, that's what? Seventh, eighth round? Yeah. I can't. I can't. I mean, his wide receiver finishes have not been great. I mean, last year – his numbers didn't look stellar. Obviously, I mean, quarterback play is going to have something to do with it. But, man, his last 1,000. Still, though, wide receiver 35 without Jamar Chase on the sure. field. And he, There's he no way he improves much year. on that he saw at all. 110 targets. Yeah. The year before, he, he had 1,000 yards. Granted, he plays out of the slot, you know, generally speaking. He, had, he saw 150 targets in 2019, and he put up 1,000 yards. Like, yeah. This isn't a guy who's going to be the efficiency play. Like he's he's good, you know. He could give you wide receiver three upside, um, just because of the volume. Upside is the key, though. Yeah, that, and, and I have this written down too. Is do you think that he finishes inside the top thirty six? And if the answer is no, there's no way you're taking him around the guys that he's going <sighs> yeah. with because they are probably going to finish inside the top twenty five. I don't. Th- I think he'll. I think he is a wide receiver four at the end of the year. So we're saying stay away from Boyd at all costs because of the guys going next to him are Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, you can't. You can't take him there. I mean, at his ADP. At his ADP, yes. No, if he falls a couple rounds, yeah, you could do worse. You know, Will Fuller. You mentioned Jerry Judy. I'm taking those guys over him. Brandon Cooks. I'm taking over him. Because the upside with those guys is there. Jarvis Landry, I guess you could make an argument to take Tyler Boyd maybe over him, but Jarvis Landry is still super consistent in a PPR league. It's the number two option on a run-heavy team. Yeah. I, I mean, why would why would Jarvis Landry not give you at least what he gave you last year? Sure. I, there's no reason to believe he won't. Tyler Boyd, again, not a bad player. I just think that with, with his fantasy finishes and, like, they're – he – he had weeks last year where he did put up big games, but there was three of them, and the rest of them were completely unusable for the most part. Like, he yeah. he had a wide receiver 108 finish, or 128. Like to end the, to end the year. So like, let me let me break down these finishes for you just real quick. Not all of them, but he had uh two weeks back to back where he's a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, he was a top 20 right after that, but after that, he was 52, 28. He had a 4, then 15, 36, 18, and then 77, 36, 48, 128, and 103. So, no consistency. Does that change with quarterback play? Did he, you know? Can he get, like I said, consistent wide receiver 3 upside? Sure. But then he'll – every wide receiver has some variance to their game, but he falls off so hard in games. He – yeah, and you're gonna have two without Jamar Chase. Yeah, without there. Jamar Chase, it, does, there. it can't get better. AJ AJ Green was was not there. I mean, we have to use the same thinking though that if if AJ Green or sorry, if T Higgins and 
Jamar Chase are taking coverage away. Maybe it does open up more passing lanes for you know Tyler Boyd. Do I think that he, they're going to put up three thousand yard receiver seasons this year? I I don't think so. It could be close. It's not, yeah, it could be close. And now that we have the extra game, but am I going to that that would be even if they do that would be the ceiling for Boyd. Sure. Whereas the guys he's going with. I feel like their ceiling is so much higher. And Judy and Will Fuller, Cooks, these guys are going to be much, much more involved with much higher ceilings than Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would take them easily over him. And I feel good about doing it. Yeah, man. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. Football tomorrow.